Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Day six of POG. Today we are going to listen um, to some uh, uh, of a, a younger generation um, as they um, share uh, from their hearts around the, the theme, A New Day of Destiny. Um, I'm sure you will be blessed by it um, as we listen to um, Ayo and Joy and JJ and Amaka um, share uh, from their hearts. So please sit back and be blessed by it. Please get your, note, get your notepads or your phones or if you, whatever way, your iPads, you take notes because I'm sure the Lord will speak to us um, through the mouth, uh, mouths of um, these uh, young um, gentlemen and ladies. God bless you as you listen. Hi Church, just wanted to uh, share a, a word of encouragement I felt the Lord has, has really placed on my heart. And um, it starts with, with what has been the key scripture uh, from Songs of Solomon 2.13, uh, which references the, a new day of destiny. That's the Passion Translation. And it's not the only place that a new day of destiny is referenced in the Passion Translation. It's also referenced in Romans 13.12, uh, which talks about us needing to to shed the darkness like filthy clothes and, and put on a new cloth, a, a cloth that radiates of light. Uh, it then goes on to talk about symptoms of the darkness, drunken, drunkenness, debauchery, jealousy, uh, things that, that many of us do struggle with and, and things that are not uncommon in this world. But as we enter this new dawn of destiny, I feel like the Lord is, is telling us to shed a lot of these things. These are, these, this is the, the dark, filthy clothing that we need to we need to leave as we put on the, the clothes that radiate light. Um, you might be asking sort of what do those clothes look like? And, and when, we, when we look at that, a good place to start is in Ephesians 6, uh, 11 to 18. And that is, uh, it might be familiar to some of you, it references the, the armor of God. And that starts with the belt of truth. Now in this new age, everything looks perfect. People only show the shiniest versions of themselves. You know, a lot of things we see on social media, it's not realistic. And I feel like in this new, this new day of destiny, there's a call on us to be more truthful, to be more transparent. Uh, something that, you know, people coming up can, can see and use to learn from. You can't really tell a story of redemption without telling the, telling the part about the struggle. And uh, in Ephesians 4.25 as well, it, it references this and tells us to reject falsehoods, to reject lies, half-truths, because we're all part of the body of Christ. And that is something that the Lord has truly left on my heart. The next piece of clothing in the armor of God is the breastplate of righteousness. And that's not a self-proclaimed righteousness, but more so a righteousness that comes from following the laws of God. That's something that we must take out if we're going to sort of go into this new day of destiny and, and face the darkness out there. The next piece of clothing from the uh, armor of God is the gospel of peace on our feet. And when, I, when, you, when you think of that, I want you to imagine a sprinter with running spikes or a football player with football boots, something that allows you to stand strong in adverse conditions. The gospel of peace being that, that thing is 
really a, a, something we can use to stand strong when the, when the darkness tries to attack from within. Uh, in this era, thankfully, we get to have a lot more focus on mental health and, and anxiety is something that a lot of people are realizing that they struggle with. But with the gospel of peace, we'll be able to stand strong in that. Second uh, Thessalonians 3.16 tells us that the Lord of peace will always grant us that peace. And Philippians 4.6 tells us that we shouldn't be anxious or worried, but instead we should take our requests to him in prayer. So as we go into this new day of destiny, that's something that I think we should stick with all of us. The next piece of the armor of God is the shield of faith. Uh, a, a, a verse that most of us would have heard before is, you know, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And in this time, not seeing things can, can be very scary. Not seeing things the way we imagined, not seeing things go to plan as we imagined can be very scary. But that shield of faith is what will protect us in those moments. We'll be able to step out into the darkness with that shield and know that th even though things don't seem as we expected them to, we know that God is with us and he's keeping us safe. After that, there's the helmet of salvation. And as we all know, a helmet is to protect your head, your brain, your mind. And we know that we are supposed to be keeping our mind on heavenly things, not the earthly things, as it tells us in Colossians 3.2. And so as we put on that helmet of salvation and keep our, keep our minds on heavenly things, we'll be able to step out into that day of destiny and not be shaken by the earthly things happening around us. Next, we move on to the sword of, the sword of the spirit, which is arguably the most important because it does say in Ephesians that the sword of the spirit is the word of God, and we know the word of God is that light. If we're going to go out and take the light into the darkness, we have to take the word of God with us. We know that a sword, that sword is also a double-edged sword. It can cut through anything that's thrown at us, and so it's, it is our, it's our best weapon to combat the darkness. Finally, I just want to close by saying that in this new day of destiny, the landscape has changed. Whether we like it or not, the world does not look like it did five years ago. And so we can't deny that it is a new day of destiny. All we can do is prepare ourselves for it. And I believe that as we dress ourselves in that clothing that radiates light, that armor of God will be able to step out into that darkness. And I just want to encourage you in doing so. Thank you very much. Hello, church. It is an honor to be able to speak into this most significant new day of destiny. And I just pray in Jesus' name that the word that the Lord has laid on my heart will minister to all of us and we will be ready for the transformation he's called us to deliver. So the anchor scripture for this new season is Songs of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 13. It starts, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Now, church, as I pondered on that, I really, really believe that that breaking forth all around us is us coming out of a lockdown where people have experienced trauma of all kinds for various different reasons. Mental health has skyrocketed as a result. People are on furlough amongst us in our midst. People have uncertainty about the futures of their work. This is a new day of destiny because the word says that the earth is eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Who is that talking to? Is it you and is it me? In the old days, in the old ways, I would argue that we had a form of godliness. Yes, we would gather. Yes, we would pray. Yes, we would seek the Lord. But who was it about? Self. 
Jesus tells us, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I needed clothing, you clothed me. When I needed shelter, you, you gave me shelter. He said, when you did that to the least of the brethren, you did it to me. But so often, we did what we see in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, where we were lovers of ourselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant. You know it. It's not making it up. That, par that scripture goes on to say, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Church, I must say to you in this new season, we cannot be like the old. We cannot deny the power of God. The power of God comes when we present ourselves as living sacrifices unto the Lord, where we have a heart that says we are ready to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That is the only way that we can love the way Christ commands us to love. This Christian walk is not just about feeding ourselves and not seeing the need right next to us. The furlough problem, we as a church can be a solution. How many people, even in our midst listening today, are highly, highly qualified? Houses, properties, which are good things. But it's not for us to accumulate worldly treasures that moths and things can come and get and then be empty in the storehouses of heaven where it matters. What matters to the Lord is where he says, love me with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's a threefold calling. But I would argue that the old was where we did the twofold. We love God with all that we can so that we can get blessed. But what about loving our neighbor? That's gonna be required in the new. We have people that are suffering with all forms of mental confusion right now. We have the truth, church. But if we are like what the book of James says, unable to bridle our tongues, unable to show faith with works, hypocritical, people are going to turn away from the church. We saw that happen in the old. So many people that we knew that used to walk with us turn away. Church, I am really begging all of us. We must manifest in this season because if we don't, we are going to see the fallout and we are going to see the enemy ruin the children that God wants in his kingdom. The work is ours to do. We are the hands and feet of Christ Jesus. We have to see the need that is to the left and to the right of us. It involves us using our material wealth to bless those that can't pay us back. In Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17, I believe it says, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and he will reward you. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is good works, which is helping others, which is humbling ourselves. And he will then add on to us. Don't let our pursuit just be about us, be about self, be so selfish that we can't see what he's called us to do. The earth is yearning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God in this new day of destiny. Let us not miss what God is calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Sunday, church, and welcome to another day of pursuit of God. I'm sure many of us are now aware of this year's theme, which is a new day of destiny. And as I was pondering and reflecting on this theme, there was one word that stood out to me, and it was new. New. But before I go into this very brief sermon, I want to pose a question to you. I want to ask you this question. 
what is your response to the new? Now, if you're anything like me, you've grown up in the church, this idea or the notion of the new is something that's very familiar, whether it was the theme for the year at your local church, or even the focus in your Bible study groups, or even the slogans on the t-shirts you're wearing, or the mugs and the church's merchandise. This was something that we became very, very familiar with. And yet we find in the scripture, both in the old and the new, that this notion, this idea of a new day, of a new dawning, comes up over and over and over again, suggesting there is some significance to it, suggesting that clearly God wants us to understand something about this new day, this new time, this new destiny. And so this leads me very nicely onto my first point, which is discernment. Now, I'm sure many of you are wondering and trying to ask me, what on earth does discernment have to do with this new day, this new season? Well, one thing that we find in both Isaiah and in Songs of Solomon 2.13 is God is asking us to become more aware, more discerning of the fruits, the characteristics of this new season. If we read, the scripture says, can you not discern this new day of destiny? The question says, can you not discern this new day of destiny? Now, I've observed in my life and also in the life of others that many times we acknowledge, yes, we're in a new season, we're in a new day. And as exciting as it sounds, how many of us have taken the time to ponder and to reflect and ask God, what exactly does this new season look like? What are the fruits? What are the features? What are the characteristics of this new season? Because I believe with every new season comes new characteristics and fruits. And ultimately, it is our inability to truly recognize and to gather what is happening, both in the physical and the spiritual, that causes us to miss out on what God has in store for us. The scripture continues to say, the early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. What does that mean? God is saying the signs are there. It's evident. I'm telling you to open your eyes, recognize the features, recognize what I'm doing in this new season. Let us not, let us, let our lack of discernment not cause us to miss out on what God has in store for us. Now church, this leads me nicely to my second and final point. And it was the question I posed to you earlier. What is your response to the new? What is your response to the new? Now, I believe that every new season requires a different and new response. Every new season requires a dynamic, innovative response, one that was different from the last season. We find in the same scripture that the word says, Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Notice the scripture doesn't say run with me to the previous place or the place you are currently at. The scripture says, run with me to the higher place, suggesting that even in this new season, a response that is different from the last is required. Now, there's a very popular saying that goes like this. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. Of course, we know that's ineffective. And I believe this sentiment holds true even in the kingdom of God. But for so many of us, year after year after year, we have observed the river, the new go by, and yet we haven't partaken and been beneficiaries of this new. Many of us have chosen comfortability. Many of us have chosen to be comfortable over the new. 
And so in closing, church, I want to leave you these two points. First of all, let us take the time to discern. Let us take the time to be sensitive to the features and the fruits of this new season, this new day of destiny. Let us not become like the Pharisees who observed Christ right before their eyes and yet failed to recognize that the very thing they had been praying for was right before them. And finally, lastly, let us respond according to the new season. Let us act dynamically. Let us leave our old ways behind and let us act in a new and innovative way. Church, let us choose the new over the comfortable. Hello, everyone. So um, today I'll be talking on a new day of destiny from the scripture, which is our anchor scripture from Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 13. But I'll be starting my reading from verse 10 and then flowing into verse 13. Okay, so when I got the title, A New Day of Destiny, I just thought to break it down because it felt very large and I felt, you know, once I break it into bite size bits, then I could understand it better. So I looked into the etymology and the meanings and the definitions of these words, and I'll be sharing some of them. So the etymology behind the word new, which is the origin behind the word new, it means fresh. It means made or established for the first time. It's inexperienced. It's unused. And then you go into the word day. The word day symbolizes a start or the beginning of a new time period. And then you move into the word destiny, which means that which is predetermined or sure to come true. Now, when you mix all of these together and you have the sentence, a new day of destiny, that just sounds like an entire paradox because you're talking about something that hasn't been done before, but is sure to come true. And that to me just speaks about how God works. It's how our father works. All right, so let's move into Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10 to 13. I'll quickly whiz through it, but you can read as I do. So from verse 10 says, My beloved speaks to me and says to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of the birds has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth and ripens her green figs, and the vines are in blossom and give forth their fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. So when I think about what this means to me, a new day of destiny, from the perspective of Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, from verse 10 to verse 13. I'll just pick up a few things that, that jumped out at me, and I'll try and summarize it together because I don't have that much time left, okay? So our beloved, which is symbolic of the Father, I know it says my beloved, but if we're honest, everything in the Bible mirrors us and God. The couple in here mirrors we and Christ, Christ the bridegroom as we are the bride. And so our beloved is telling us to rise up. What does it mean to rise up? It says stand up. Stand up is to come alive. It's to rise up from sleep, from slumber. It's to take up your, your, it's to just step into action, okay? And then he says to us, come away. Come away, come with me, escape with me. Let me lead. And where is he leading us to? Or why is he calling us? Or why is he telling us to rise up? It's because the season has passed. Winter has passed, the scripture says. Winter is symbolic of going down under. It's symbolic of hardness, of hardship. Everybody knows in winter, to be honest, you just want to be under your duvet. Okay, you just want to be wrapped in a blanket. So winter is a time where you're hidden. It's a time when your roots are going in. And sometimes it feels like winter or hardness or hardship has been given a bad rep. But as we know, 
Oh, I don't know if everyone knows, but let me say it now, yeah? Sometimes hardship is good for building tenacity. Hardship is good for you to appreciate what comes after. And so our, our beloved is telling us, hey, this hardship that you've experienced, that season is over. Okay, where are we going now? And then it goes into verse 11 and verse, actually, you know, from verse 12, it starts to describe what's going on. Spring is now in. We're in bloom. Um, it's time to bloom. It's the beginning of a fresh, different, but a sure to come true time period. You know, and then verse 13 really jumped out at me where it says, the fig tree puts forth and ripens her green figs and the vines are in blossom and give forth their fragrance. And I think that's a call to action for us that although we're blooming, like nature is blooming because what God created has to, it has to bloom. Like nature cannot bloom and we don't bloom. We're literally created in his image. So how fair is it or how normal is it that the trees give forth fruit and where they're stagnant. So our, our love, our beloved, is calling us into a place of blooming. And just as the fig tree puts forth its fruit and ripens it, he's telling us, listen, that thing that I installed in you, the things that we were working on in winter, it's time to spread it. It's time to spread your wings. And not only spread your, spread your wings, but fly. It's time to put forth your fruit, but not, not only put, put forth your fruit, but sharpen it but ripen it. It's time to blossom, but not only blossom, but give fragrance. Let there be more to the thing that the Lord has put in you. Don't be stagnant. And so I'm going to end with this. I believe this new day of destiny is God telling us to stand up. He's calling us his love. He's showing us how much he, how much he loves us. He's telling us to come with him, to let him lead us, because it's time to bloom. It's time to put forth what he has stored in you and be sharpened. So I would just like to close us out with a simple word of prayer. Um, which is just to say, our Father in heaven, we are thankful for this new day of destiny. We're thankful for you even calling us to wake up, for you awakening us, for you pointing us to the things and the places where we need to be to. We're thanking you, oh Lord, just for this time of, of learning how you are triggering us and how you're striking these things deep in our hearts, Lord. Father, we surrender to you in this moment. We say, here we are, Lord, lead us. As you've called us to rise up, Lord, we are willing to rise up, oh God, help us to stand up and to stand well. Lord, as you tell us to come with you, we say, here we are, Father, lead us. We are succumbing to you. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. And Father, as you're calling us into bloom, Lord, we surrender everything that is about us, every gift, every talent, every skill, everything about our bodies, our mind, our spirit, our soul, every singular aspect of us, we surrender it to you, Lord. We say, help us to bloom and to bloom well. Help us to put forth fruit and to ripen the fruit help us to blossom and to release fragrance that all hearts will be turned to you and that your kingdom will come on earth we thank you lord for this for hearing us and for answering us through christ's name we pray amen amen well i'm sure you were blessed um, by that uh charge a challenge um from uh four young people who are definitely on fire for God, grateful for what God is doing in their lives and through them. Um, I'm sure you were blessed as Ayo uh, started off and confronted us with that question, what does the new mean to you? Um, I'm sure you were also encouraged um, as he encouraged us to discern how we are going to respond to the new, 
to discern the new in our lives so that we don't miss what God is doing. And my prayer for you is that you will not miss what God is doing, uh, that you will discern it. Uh, God says, can't you see it? You will see it, and then you will align with God's plans and purposes for your life, and you, you will be fruitful. That word of God will be fruitful in your life, and as a result of the word, you will be fruitful in whatever God has called you to do. We are thankful to Ayo for uh, that question and that, that charge. We're also um, grateful to Joy uh, for calling us to a more sacrificial and selfless lifestyle as, as in this new day of destiny, for, and for charging us to move away from any form of godliness that denies the power of God. And as we uh, enter this new day of destiny, that's my prayer for you, uh, that the Spirit of God will turn our attention back to God uh, 100%. He would become number one. He would become priority. We will understand that it is true, as the Word says, that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things will be added unto us. Our focus uh, back on God. And then we, uh, we are grateful for uh, JJ's encouragement for us to strive for authenticity and transpar transparency. And those are two words that in the new are going to feature very strongly. Um, the, 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 as, a, as a people, uh, we are tired of every form of hypocrisy. A, new genera a, a younger generation it's, is not going to tolerate it in any way. Um, we all are crying out for authenticity and transparency. Um, we also are encouraged by him to put on the whole armor of God. And if there's one thing God has been laying on my heart, um, it is that entering the promised land does not mean an absence of battles. On the contrary, I expect bigger battles, but I also expect bigger blessings. And to ensure that we are positioned to fully take what God has, de has declared is ours, then we have to put on that armor of God. The entire armor, all the defensive parts of the armor, but then uh, also critically the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So that's an encouragement to put on the entire armor to critically go into the Word of God. It must become your lifestyle, reading, meditating, confessing, declaring the Word of God. And then, of course, we, Amaka ends with a charge, uh, a charge to arise, um, a charge that tells us that our time has come, that the winter is over, uh, that it is time for us to bloom and to blossom. Um, a charge in which she says it is time for us to fly. And you know, if there's one thing we know, we know that this is your season. This is your time. This is God who has spoken that it's a new day of destiny. And it is your new day of destiny. It is your new dawn. 
Um, it is a beginning for you. Um, all things are passed away. All things are put in the right place. Uh, they are put where they should be because it's time for you to arise and walk into your new dawn. We're grateful for um, this word from uh, these young gentlemen and ladies. And may, may the word uh, find a fertile ground in your heart and may the word bear fruit uh, in your heart and in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if there's anybody who is listening to this and you haven't taken the first step, and what is the first step? You haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's the one who guarantees us a new day of destiny. It is his spirit that guides us into a new day of destiny. And you get his spirit in you when you accept him into your life as Lord and Savior. Well, why don't you do so? You saw four young people who are on fire for God, uh, who, are, who, who God is using in different ways in their lives, who are walking this walk, uh, not just talking the talk. Well, their lives testify to the goodness, the mercies, the faithfulness of God. It's not devoid of challenges, but there's a guarantee that God will be with you through whatever challenges come your way. But you have to accept him into your life. And maybe you're watching, you're listening, and you're saying to yourself, you know what, I would love to have what they have. I would love to have what I have seen. I would love to experience what, I, what they are obviously experiencing. I would love this Jesus that they have given their lives to. Well, he's yours if you would open up your heart and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And you ask, how do I do that? By saying that you want to and by meaning it. Um, by saying this simple prayer with me and meaning every word. Uh, will you say this prayer with me as you open up your heart and accept Jesus into your life? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus Christ. Today, I accept him into my life as my Lord and Savior. I ask, Lord, that you give me the grace to turn away from anything that is sinful as I embrace a life of obedience to you to your son, and to your son Jesus Christ. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. By this prayer, I declare that I am now a child of yours. I am born again today into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you said that prayer, that's it. Um, if you believed every word you said, that's it. And the reason it's as simple as that is because the difficult part has been done by Jesus. He paid the price for our sins on the cross of Calvary with his life. Welcome into God's family. You're now a child of God. Your day of destiny can begin now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 